an everlasting covenant. Join me, please, in prayer. Loving and gracious Lord, our God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart be pleasing to you, for truly you are our source of hope. You truly are our source for strength. You truly are all that we need. Amen. An everlasting covenant. Last week we talked about the covenant that God entered into with Noah after God sent a flood that destroyed humankind except for Noah and his family. We talked about the fact that in this covenant, God took the initiative. He shared with Noah that he would enter into a relationship with Noah whereby Whenever Noah saw the rainbow, Noah would be, God would be reminded that God would never destroy earth again by flood. God took the initiative. Today's Old Testament lesson shares with us that God has entered into another covenant. This covenant is with Abraham. And as you listened or read along, you noted that God once again, initiated the covenant, but with this covenant, there was a response required of Abraham, a response of obedience. In essence, God said to Abraham, I'm going to bless you not only with land, not only with um, generations upon generations, humankind, but in order to demonstrate that you and I have entered into this covenantal relationship, uh, you are to be circumcised. And out of obedience, Abraham and those in his household were circumcised. Last week, we also mentioned that God is a God who continues to initiate covenants. And his ultimate covenant with God's people is a covenant that Jesus Christ mediated through Jesus Christ's death and resurrection. And so we have this, this new covenant through Jesus Christ, a covenant whereby God has said to the world, I'm not going to pick and choose who will be in my kingdom. I'm going to send my son to die for everyone. So let me pause right there. Here's an aside. God doesn't have favorites. God loves everyone. God sent Jesus Christ to die for God's world. In the gospel lesson today, we read of Jesus Christ being in the midst of crowds and also in the midst of his disciples. He's mindful of the fact that his time on earth is limited. He's mindful of the fact that it's imperative for him to help his disciples to really understand what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm so thankful for the gospel lesson today. Let me share with you why. Because as I continue to live in this 21st century, I am mindful of the fact that the voices that I keep hearing 
voices, not only of larger society, but also voices of people who claim the name Christian, I'm mindful of the fact that we have lost sight of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. How convenient it has been for some to say that Jesus Christ has died for only a certain population of people. And for the other people, um, he's not going to accept you unless you begin to think differently, act differently, and look differently. No. John 3, 16 is very clear. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God loves everybody. Let me hear, say that again. God loves everybody. It doesn't matter what your race is, and we know that race is a human construct. God did not create races. It doesn't matter what your sexual orientation is. It doesn't matter what your economic status is. It doesn't matter what your marital status is. God loves everybody. And that's the message that the church is to share with the world. This world that God is so concerned about that again he sent his son to die for. And so in the gospel lesson, Jesus reminds us what does it mean to be his follower It means sacrifice. Jesus says, if you're going to be my disciple, then follow me. Look at the gospel lessons. Where did Jesus go? Who did he talk to? Who did he hang around with? They were the outcasts. They were those that society said, you are not good enough. You don't measure up. You're not even worth Thinking about, tell me, do you know of any groups of people who fit in those categories today? Jesus Christ said, if you are to be my disciples, deny yourself. Deny your personal preferences. Deny your self-interest. And take on my cause. Take on the cause that I took on. And, and, and Evangel Heights family and friends, let me just share this with you. As we look at the gospel lessons, as we read about Jesus Christ's activities here on earth, one of the clear messages that we receive is that he was not only concerned about the spiritual needs of the people, he was concerned about any and every area of their lives that concerned them. Do not buy into this falsehood that God is only concerned about the spiritual. And if pastors or religious leaders or laity talk about what's going on in the world, now they become political. God is concerned about the entire human being and all that impacts and affects that human being. Oh, Pastor Michelle, give me an example. I'm so glad you asked. Go back to Exodus. 
chapter 3, when God called Moses, God said, I have observed the misery of my people. He was not talking about spiritual misery. He was talking about the misery that they were experiencing under the hand of a tyrant Pharaoh. And God sent Moses to address the physical miseries of God's people. Yes, God is concerned about the whole person, and therefore Jesus Christ is concerned about the whole person. And as followers of Jesus Christ, you and I must also be concerned about the whole person. Not just their spiritual needs, and that's important. But we're to be concerned about every other need that they are wrestling with. Socioeconomic needs, justice needs, whatever the need might be, economic, whatever the need might be, if it is preventing them from experiencing the fullness of life, then yes, the church must also be concerned. For it was the church that saw a need to make sure that children were educated who could not go to private schools. And so what did the church do? The church established schools. It was the church that saw that there were people who could not afford health care. So what did the church do? The church built hospitals. The church of Jesus Christ is concerned about the whole person. My heart has been heavy. As I look at messages that are being spoken and shared that are creating division amongst not only people within these United States, but also within the body of Jesus Christ. God is concerned about the whole person. Whatever concerns you, God is concerned about that. We were reminded during the the prayers of the people today that that Jesus invites us to go to God and to share with God whatever is on our minds and hearts, knowing that this God who Jesus Christ has revealed is a God who will answer our prayers And his answer will be motivated by his love for us, which only desires the best for God's children. Yes, to follow Jesus Christ means to go to those places where Jesus Christ would show up. And I would suggest to you that Jesus Christ will be showing up in those places where today there are homeless people to remind them that God has not forgotten them. I would suggest to you that Jesus Christ would show up in those places where we're now having conversations about QAnon and about Christian nationalism. And I would suggest to you that Jesus would be showing up, reminding individuals that no one will hijack the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
I would suggest to you that Jesus Christ would show up and say, I don't need anyone to speak in codes or secret messages for me. The Holy Spirit is the one who will speak for me and who will speak truth. I believe that Jesus Christ would say, the God who has sent me is a God who does not believe in Christian nationalism. That mindset that says there's a certain group of people that God has put in place and God is going to call them the white race to lead the nation. I do encourage you to read Jacqueline Batalora's book, Jacqueline Batalora's book, Birth of a White Nation and its relevance today, how she looks historically by going through documents of when the term white race was first created in these United States. No, no, Jesus Christ is not going to allow anyone or any group to hijack the gospel for their own purpose. I think about the souls that are being lost because the church because church leaders are too preoccupied trying to prove their point. Jesus said, if you are to be my disciple, follow me. And he's going to those places that others have abandoned or ignored. I would suggest to you today, he would go where the transgenders are hanging out to remind them that God loves them. He would go to those places where there are teenage lesbians and, and gays who are struggling with their sexuality and they have not experienced the love of anybody. He would go and remind them that God loves them. I, I would suggest to you today that, that he would be traveling into the Asian American community even now where there's so much hatred that people are being attacked because they're Asian Americans. I, I would suggest to you that he would go to those places that even believe in white supremacy and speak God's truth to them. There's only one supreme being, and that's God. Yes, an everlasting covenant. Evangel Heights, we are entering in this season of Lent a time of fasting and praying, asking God to bless us individually and collectively as the body of Christ, to be more outwardly focused. To be more outwardly focused means that we're going to see the people who God sees. We're going to relate to, connect with the people who Jesus Christ related to and connected with. We're going to be Jesus Christ in the flesh
the question that you and I will have to ask ourselves individually and collectively as the body of Christ known as Evangel Heights United Methodist Church is this. Are we willing to be obedient to the conditions of this covenant that we have with God through Jesus Christ? And that is to follow Jesus wherever he leads us. In closing, let me share with you what I know. (laughs) Oh, pastor, 100% sure to the best of my abilities. This is what I've discovered. I've discovered that when I live up to the covenant that I have with God through Jesus Christ, my relation with Jesus Christ makes life worth living. Oh, that's what Katie and Howard sang about earlier. It's with joy that I lay down my life. Your will, your way. I've discovered, and I'm still discovering, and no, it's not always easy. I'm discovering that to follow Jesus makes life worth living. That Jesus And Jesus alone will provide me as he will provide you with all that I need, we need. And so as we continue to live into this Lenten season, a time of self-examination, a time of, of listening and hearing God What are you saying to me? What must I lay aside? What must I pick up so that I can become more and more like Jesus Christ? May we know that we do not journey on this journey alone, but God is faithful to journey with us, to speak to us, and to remind us that he's with us. This everlasting covenant keeping God who's revealed himself through Jesus Christ. Amen.